0: How shouldn't someone approach a conversation with a person who's experienced abuse and assault?
1: Anger. Why'd you go back? You just know he's gonna do this again. Well, I told you not to go back. Of course this happened again. You keep going back. Or for those other people who don't believe you, you know? Oh, but you were dating. Are you sure, you know, you just didn't, you know, regret it and now that's why you're saying you didn't want it?
0: And we're live. Hello to all our listeners and followers out there. Welcome back to yet again another episode of Sex in the Six. As always, and you know it, I'm with my beloved best friend and gorgeous co host and talented actress, Lee. Hey. And I'm Vatan. And we have something super special planned for you, our audience. We have a guest again. I want you all to meet Tori. She's an actress and a model with a Bachelor of Fine Arts degree from Ryerson University. And she's now an HR Talent Acquisition Assistant at Halted Region, aiding in the mass hires of immunizers for the distribution of the COVID-19 vaccine. Tori's very goofy an accidental menace, as she would say, a quirky astrology-dependent girl who has one thing in common with too many others. She's survived an abusive relationship. Now we are excited to have her here today. And for sure, we know you would all like to get to know her more intimately. So I would like you all to give a warm welcome to Tori. Welcome, Tori. Welcome to our show. How are you?
1: I'm great. Thank you for How are you?
0: (laughs) I'm great. (laughs) Thank you. Great.
1: Oh, it's so good to see your face. It's been so long. No, it's been since before COVID. That's when you know it's been a long time. Yeah, we were just
2: saying this the other day that like the last time I saw you was when I met Dylan or no, when Dylan and I like started seeing each other pretty much. When I met Dylan. <laughs>
0: <laughs> when you met Dylan. Yeah, that's true.
2: It was the three of us and you both wanted him and.
0: We uh, were just both and swooning I- <laughs> over him. Just, yeah. Ugh.
2: And I was like, back off, bitches, he's mine. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> pretty much, pretty much. Yeah, that was great. So yeah, Batan, what are we talking about with Tori today?
0: That's what I want to know. I, I know that we're going to be dipping our feet into some pretty deep waters with a very heavy subject in terms of how to survive an abusive relationship.
2: We usually like to kick things off nice and simple, just to ease the guests uh, mentality. Are you single, Tori? No,
1: unfortunately, I'm not. Thank God for that. <laughs> You are our
2: first <laughs> you are our first guest who is actually been taken. And that's very refreshing for our channel. Tell us tell us
1: about your man's. My man's his name is Jason Potter. Mm. Was born before the Harry Potter releases came out. Okay, good. Even okay. before then, his mother is a big fan of Harrison Ford, so she wanted to name him Harrison, but didn't. So he avoided the nickname of Harry Potter. As he grew up. I, think he I met Jason through friends during this past November. We were at a socially distant birthday party and I was so angry because I've known these friends for at least two years and they did not introduce me to Jason at all. They totally forgot about him. When we were there at the birthday party, when I first saw him, I was like, oh my God, like who is this person? Even though I can only see like half of his face. I was like, he's so cute. So I went to my friend and I was like, who is this person? She's like, oh yeah, that's Jason. I was like, okay. And (laughs) why haven't you introduced me earlier? I don't know. We just kind of really hit it off. Like I told his friends, I was like, hey, tell him that, you know. I think he's cute and they didn't but so I eventually had to like get myself into the work but I don't know a week later we just started dating it kind of just pure luck I guess just meeting someone that you click with I love
2: it during a pandemic too I feel like it's pretty hard to meet people that you don't know because everybody's circles are so limited right
1: Yes. And I was doing the whole online dating thing with just talking to people and not meeting up because, you know, I was too afraid. But I guess, you know, if it's a friend of a friend, I just assume that they don't have COVID and everything's gonna be okay (laughs) anyway.
2: Yes, this is definitely a a fact that I feel like most of us do. Yeah. So Tori, let's we're gonna we're gonna get down into the the nitty gritty of this topic today. This topic was chosen by you. So as we've said before to all of our guests, if there's anything you don't want to answer, just feel free to let us know. But first of all, we want to know your experience with this topic about surviving an abusive relationship can you tell us what you feel comfortable sharing with the listeners
1: well it wasn't easy and it takes a real lot of self forgiveness to really get over and get through things for me the reason why I I kept quiet about everything that happened in my relationship for so long is because I was embarrassed you know Mm -hmm. I put a lot of it on myself because you know you think back to when you're a little girl and you're having those conversations with your mom and your dad about how a boy should treat you and all this stuff. And then you you think back to where you are now. And it's kind of like, I, I know all this stuff that's happening isn't right. But I don't know why I'm not, you know, walking away. And then I came down to the fact that I didn't want anyone to know that I was putting up with all this shit. It's embarrassing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it gets rid of your self confidence. It makes you feel isolated. And unfortunately, the time that I was in this relationship, I was also, you know, not the most popular person in the world. So it was also kind of hard to leave. But you know, it's the main danger I find in it is just, you know, how silent you can be and how silent a victim can be. And even though there aren't actual real physical barriers in the way from you speaking out, your mentality tells you that there is and it shuts you down. And that's how people stay for so long. I was in it for like almost two years and it literally took him having to go out to another province for me to get that enough, you know, enough space to really like look back and think, whoa, what the fuck am I doing?
0: Yeah. Wow.
2: It's really interesting you say that because I feel like it's a perspective that's not, it's not, I mean, I don't think it's common knowledge. I feel like. Yeah, you do hear those people a lot of the times, like, why didn't you just say something? And, and I, well, nobody knows what it's like to actually be in that situation. So yeah.
1: Wow.
0: I'm interested to know, I mean, I can't really relate to your experience at all. The only thing that I can relate to is that I have a mom who's experienced a very abusive partnership with her ex-husband. And it took her years, years to confront the fact that she's being assaulted and that she's experiencing abuse. And I want to know from you, other than the embarrassment, other than the feeling of being isolated, what specifically goes through the mind of someone who's been assaulted? For instance, why does it take so long for someone to come to terms with being assaulted and then finally saying hey listen i'm worthy enough to seek help and worthy enough to be helped.
1: i think a lot of it came from my upbringing because i was one of the people just like you you know you and lee who came into theater school and they were virgins. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but i really wanted to hold on to my virginity. i wanted to be a virgin until marriage. not for any religious purposes even though that was my upbringing, but more along the fact that i knew how emotionally fragile I was. And I knew if I had sex before I was ready, I was going to crumble and I would not be able to handle it. I was not emotionally mature enough. Like even Lee can even attest to this. When we lived together in second year, I was don't even think I was ready to leave the house. I wasn't ready for the world in that way. There was no way I was going to be able to handle having an intimate relationship with somebody. Mm-hmm. So when that gets taken away from you, you you feel like you lose a sense of self. You lose your power. It's all gone. And then the only place you can really find any like peace with what has happened is by saying, it's okay. He loves me. That's why he did this. It's okay. Wow. And, and then- you know that's why a lot of people stay because they can't even deal with the fact that this happened. Like I was 20, mm-hmm. you know, I've only ever made out with one boy before I had no experience, no life experience you know, my ex, he had so much more experience than I did. You know, I didn't even know it was happening when it was happening until it was over. And then, you know, you're there crying and you're like, what the fuck happened? And he reassures you. He's like, it's okay. You know, like you're no different than you were before. I know this happened. Your body wanted it. You know, I know you haven't experienced something like this before, but it's going to be okay.
0: I have a quick question, like a mid question. What finally inspired you to get help?
1: So I had a history of depression and anxiety. So even before getting into this relationship, I was already kind of seeing therapists here and there, but it was really hard. I was I was having trouble finding someone that I felt comfortable connecting to and opening up to. But I found this Toronto therapist through a, my sister's friends who kind of specialized in relationships and abuse. But little did I know that My sister recommended me this therapist kind of knowing what was going on. And I was just like, okay, yeah, cheap therapist. I'll go talk to her because I had no idea I was in an abusive relationship. I was like, okay, this is normal. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't until, I don't know, a year after seeing my therapist. So every time I would see my therapist, she noticed this pattern saying, you know, you only ever come and see me when, you know, you're in a fight with your boyfriend. And I was like, well, yeah, that's, you know, that's when my life turns upside down. That's when I'm like in chaos. That's when I need help. Of course, I'm going to come and see you then therapy's expensive. I can't be coming every week, even though you should. That's how therapy really works. If you go a lot. I was talking to her during that part of our relationship that I had with him. The fighting was just kind of out of control. I felt like I had nobody to talk to because my ex or the guy I was seeing at that time was in the the class below us. He came back and was in the class below us. And from where I was living in third year, a lot of my roommates who were in our class were talking to the people in the year below us about my relationship with my ex. And I I didn't feel safe. I couldn't I didn't feel like I could ever express myself where I was living without it getting back to him.
2: For the listeners, sorry to interrupt. For the listeners too, this, I think is also important to realize that this time you had mono, right? So you were you were like socially isolated from the class for a long period of time. And then you also had all this going on. Yeah, not only not only were you mentally feeling this isolation, but like, There actually was a physical isolation that that led to that. And that's what I would assume.
1: Yes, it definitely. And just also the people in our, some people in our class were also very angry that I was still allowed to be in the class still. You know, they they wanted me out. So I also felt that kind of isolation there. So I didn't want to talk to anyone in my class. The people I Mm -hmm. saw the most during my time at school, the people I saw the most during my abusive relationship, I would say. I think I went off a tangent. What was the question?
0: The question was what finally inspired you to go and seek help and, and oh, confront yes. this exact issue.
1: It was when I was talking about the first time I had sex with my boyfriend, which was the first time I had sex ever. And I was just explaining how it happened and how, you know, I, I cried after. But, you know, you're supposed to get emotional usually when you, you know, engage in intercourse. And my therapist said, oh, and I said, what? <laughs> like, why did you say it like that? And she said, You know, I just, I find it really weird that he wouldn't have had a conversation with you before any of that happened. You know, he wouldn't have asked you just because, you know, he knew your morals on virginity. Right. So, and that's my head. I was like, Oh, oh. Wow.
0: Wow. But you
1: didn't even like realize until. I didn't until... even take it in.
0: Wow. So it was through a conversation with your therapist that, in fact, you gained awareness and became present of the whole situation. And yeah. wow. And you
2: know, From where I'm standing, not to say that any of us were mature at that age, but (laughs) <laughs> I I always thought your relationship with him, at least when you were in when we were in second year, was very strange because they he would come up uh, he he actually lived in our building too he would come up and come to our apartment and you guys would just squirrel away to your room like there was never like a hey let's all hang out on the couch like let's you know let's do some stuff together it was just like immediately like and like doors were closed so I'm like what is yeah. like happening in there like what why are
1: they always in there like he didn't want to hang out with well I won't say that but he he definitely valued the alone time a lot. That was the most important to him. But you know, thinking back, you know, a 20, 21 year old, what else is going to be most important to them? Right? Yeah,
0: I have one more question. Does being assaulted or experiencing abuse make it harder to love and appreciate yourself afterwards? Like how does someone repair their own relationship with themselves?
1: It took me a really long time. I would say it took me until this past fall to really be be like, you know, what happened to me, you know, isn't me, you know, it's it's going to be okay. He doesn't, you know, he doesn't have control over you anymore. I'm not saying he ever did, but it just felt like I was so scared and so powerless and so afraid, but I wasn't. He did reach out to me two years after the final breakup. I had him blocked on everything. And then he reached out to me through like Tumblr. He made some Tumblr account, followed my Tumblr. Uh, yeah. It's what? so like old That's you don't even use that stuff now. Like that was, that was oh. so like, I don't know, almost 10 years ago when I used my Tumblr, just this whole long message about owning up to what he did. He understand what he did to me. He hopes that this brings closure. And I, at that point, you know, you're kind of like, whoa, like I never thought I was going to hear not really a confession, but an apology. So I, I kind of took that as like, okay, yeah, he knows he's wrong. He knows he's wrong. I'm going to reach out and, you know, maybe reaching out and having him apologize is going to make me feel better. So, you know, I tried, had a few conversations, but you know, it it goes right back into that old Pattern just of you know I'm not available to go and hang out and he's very angry and he doesn't take no for an answer and having been out of that for two years I I can I can just look back and say that through that time away from him the space away from him and through surrounding myself with people that knew my story because I was I don't know I knew them longer and I was <laughs> comfortable with them and I told them what happened just being around constant reminders that I am now okay I am now safe I don't need to forgive to move on mm-hmm. and you know so then i i removed him again off of everything in november and he tried to reach out to me again i don't know was it last month a couple of weeks ago he sent me a follow request and i just You know, it's been so long since we've talked. I'm like, I don't know why you need to reach out. And it's weird after a certain point.
2: Okay. I have a question for you. What would you say are some misconceptions that the general public might have about assault or abusive relationships?
1: I hate when people ask why you stay or when people say I would have never put up with that. I would have never stayed. I don't know how someone. Could stay and put up with all of that shit like i you know i said the same thing too it, it's so easy to judge and give advice on a relationship that you haven't experienced yet if you haven't experienced an abusive relationship or a sexually abusive relationship you're not going to understand the needs that come with surviving that experience and it's different for everyone what everyone needs to do to cope is different if that's staying then that's staying you know until you're strong enough to leave mm-hmm. if that's pressing charges that's pressing charges you know, it's a whole other ball game. It's personal. You know, you can't you can't talk to something you haven't experienced. You don't know the answer unless you've been through
2: it. That's true. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 difficult, right? Because yeah. like you talk to people and they give you their opinion on something, and it's like some things are so far away from the norm that like your opinion just is not going to be well rounded or educated enough. Like you don't like you said, you don't know what that's like. So you know, but like then there's like asking for relationship advice. Let's say you know I used to give relationship advice to my friends a lot and i had never been in one and like i always was like a little weirded out why people would ask me for relationship (laughs) advice knowing that i'd never been in one but they seemed to like it Mm. and i think it was i think it was good advice but this is like a completely different ball game and i think yeah you make a good point that a lot of the misconceptions come around the whole idea with why they stay
1: yeah well it's it's true even you know whenever you're looking outside on on somebody else's relationship you are going to have the right answer. You know, Mm -hmm. this person's treating you like this. This person's treating you like this because you're not emotionally invested, emotionally connected. You're going to have the right answer, but it's not easy to do, you know, like, you know, even me, but I didn't have my first serious relationship until like, I don't know, I was 18. So when all my friends in high school were going through breakups, I'd be like, just get over it. He's a dick, you know, blah, blah, blah why are you still huh. talking to him why are you still looking up his stuff on social media why are you driving by his house like all these things that i do now you know and it's just now i understand but you can't talk to what you haven't experienced you can say what you should do of course break up with him
2: <laughs> you know
1: well it's funny right mm-hmm. like
2: you, yeah like you said like we have this sort of clear vision when you're not uh, emotionally involved But when you are emotionally involved, you might still have that clear vision, but there's like mental blocks, blocks and like, 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 like a psychosis or a way of thinking that's stopping you from doing what you know, you should probably do, you know?
0: Yeah.
1: I, I use the relationship to help
0: deal with what had happened to me. So it's so interesting. I mean, like the general sense that I'm getting from it, it's like, check your assumptions. You know, you cannot assume that, you know, what another person's going through. If you have not gone through it, you need to check yourself, you know, before, you know, you wreck yourself because you need to know, how do I know what I know about sexual assault or about abuse or about that? Especially if I'm entering a conversation with someone who has experienced that. I am really interested to know, I mean, congratulations for being in in a relationship, Tori. I want to know- In a healthy one. In a healthy one. How does someone- Begin to trust other people again so that they can date without the fear of being assaulted, getting in the way. So,
1: for me, a lot of the trial and error came in the relationship I had after my abusive one. And it was the most emotionally confusing relationship of my life because after you get out of an abusive relationship the most hardest relationship to have after that is the one that you have after the abusive relationship because you see this pe this person and they're treating you normally But because you haven't experienced this, you think what they're doing is godlike. You put them on this pedestal saying, oh my God, they opened the door for me. I am, this is Prince Charming. I am never going to find someone better than this. You know, they ask me for permission before having sex. This is great. You know, I feel safe. I feel comfortable, but then you let other things slide. Like, okay, for me to ever see this guy, I have to, you know, crawl through his window and he lives in the basement, you know, but that's okay because, you know, I feel safe in the bedroom. It took a lot of unlearning for me as well. Unlearning all of those bad relationship behaviors that I learned in my abusive relationship coming into my relationship after that. Like if there was a miscommunication, I would get so mad because that's what I was used to. If something was wrong, I was yelled at. And you have to really unlearn all of those things so you can begin to, to trust again. And it wasn't until after that relationship, after my abusive relationship, that I really learned about my body. And I really learned about, you know, my, my triggers that happen in the bedroom as well. And there's there's so much more therapy that I have to do that I just haven't done yet because it is expensive. But, you know, you, you, you have your coping mechanisms, you know. For me, a lot of it would come like when I was sleeping like that's when a lot of my post traumatic episodes would happen but you know you would just get you know dreams about stuff happening you get nightmares, like fear yeah and you, about the experience that you had and and you just kind of you know have to wake up and breathe and say you know well, that was so long ago and you're here now and you're okay yeah. it's gonna be different for everyone for me it was just I am like a sponge so I will like suck in any energy that's around me I really had to go and get myself in a space that I could heal mm-hmm. wow
0: Tori that was really powerful advice that you just gave us thank you for
1: that Cory. what would you say
2: are i know you've touched on some of them but what would you say if there are any long-term effects of being
1: assaulted or being in an abusive relationship i would say your mood is affected drastically you're always sad or you're always mad it became it, it really shifted the way i looked at relationships relationships to me became a power struggle because you know you're continuing on with this relationship to be able to deal with what has happened to you But you're so fucking mad at what this person did to you. You know, how are you supposed to live with this person that you freaking hate? And it comes down to the point where like, I'm so disgusted with you. I don't even want to do anything with you in the bedroom. But then if you say no, they threaten to leave. And then if they leave, you're dealing with the fact that this thing happened to you and you can't let that happen. So the cycle just continues. For me, it was was learning that sex isn't the end all and be all to relationships. That's what really helped me. When I went into my relationship after my abusive relationship, the fact that I was giving myself physically And there were still problems. I was like, okay, well, I don't understand what can be wrong. You know, like I'm willingly having sex. I want to have sex, but we're still fighting. It twisted a lot of my wants and my needs and what I was willing to give in a relationship. It put things in perspective for me. And I put that boy through hell, like, because I had to figure everything out. And I thought I had, but clearly I hadn't. So, you know, if you're listening to this, Liam, I am sorry that you are a casualty of my personal growth, but I really think. You know, if I didn't have that relationship to learn and to, you know, not really experiment, but to see, you know, okay, so this is normal in a relationship. Oh, yeah, so that wasn't normal in a relationship. Oh, but this was. And then after that, I I was single for two years and really just reflected on myself. I wanted to create a space around me that was only gonna be filled with people that were gonna support me because I know and have learned as a person that if I have a support system anywhere, I'm gonna be okay. I'm not gonna be as anxious, I'm not going to feel as alone, I'm not gonna feel as isolated. And that's something that you really have to learn. But you can only learn something like that through experience, right? Because if you've never experienced something like that before, of course, you're gonna be scared to reach out. Of course, you're not gonna say anything. And you know, I know you guys, I knew you guys through theater school and throughout everything that was happening to me. But like, because of that disconnect that happened in second year, and because of how emotional I was, I would not say I was the easiest person to be around the easiest person to express myself. And you know, I was not easy to understand. So I trapped Myself, but you know, sharing my story, talking about what happened to me, really, you know, trusting other people with my story and for them to have a supportive reaction makes you stronger when you know that you can experience that kind of positive reaction can make you stronger because I you know in third year when my relationship had finally ended when I finally had cut the cord there was one girl that you know I finally said like the first person I told I was like this happened to me and I'm telling you because like I know you care about me and yada 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 and she she believed me but she said you know because I've worked with them in the industry before I can't remove them off of social media and Mm. when you hear that from the person that was your rock you're like okay well if I got this reaction. I'm not going to tell anybody. Because I don't want to go through that again. You just feel so alone. It's it's about really, you know, opening yourself up to the experiences that are going to help you heal after the fact. You really have to recognize that, you know, you you wound up in this toxic situation whether it's your fault, somebody else's fault, I don't know, the universe happens in mysterious ways, but you know it's all about filling your surroundings filling your space filling your heart filling your filling your head filling your life just with love and you're going to may not heal from everything but you're going to have
0: the support to get through everything i want to go off of that and i want to know from obviously your perspective how can a person like me or Lee support someone who has experienced abuse or been assaulted? Like how, like how can we have that conversation and help them and support them?
1: It's very hard because it takes a lot of patience because I say that one of the most painful things in the world is watching someone that you care about suffer. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it takes a toll on your friend's mental health as well, you know, because you're trying to walk this person away from this abuse, but they, they're they not leaving. You know, how, how does someone deal with that? And it, it comes to the point where, yes, you're always there to support. Yes, you're always there to listen, but you also have to protect yourself too. You know, if it's really eating at you, you can always say, you know, like what's happening to you is just totally heartbreaking to me and it hurts me every time this happens to you it hurts me every time I hear about this I really do hope that you're okay it takes a lot of patience because you don't know what's going through the other person's head
0: so is it right to say that it's important for someone like me to respect the survivor's you know boundaries to respect the right of the of the person who has experienced that to choose how and when they will tell you their story. Mm. Because I think like, I'm such an empathic person that I want to help right away. Right. And I always think that if I ask the questions right away, and if I probe right away, I'm showing them that I care. But Mm. now, you know, the sense that I'm getting from you from someone who actually has experienced being abused and all that it's actually the opposite. It's actually being patient, respecting that person's boundaries and saying, you know what, I'm here, but I will let you know that it's whenever you feel that you can share that and how you ever want to share that with me, that's your choice. That's your right.
1: Yeah, I think because you don't know where people are in their journey, you know, and some people may, you know, if they see that something's wrong, like they may just Like, I didn't tell anyone because I didn't want anyone to know anything was wrong. Mm -hmm. It's
2: kind of of sad that way because, you know, I know it's a cop-out to be like, if I had known, you know, but like there were so many instances that I can think of back in theater school in that time where you were very removed and you know, like you were saying, like it was maybe either difficult to be around you or like there was drama or whatever. And knowing the situation you were going through, like, and you can't change the past, but I think that gives people a whole different perspective. Like, and it was like you said, like you didn't feel comfortable and you were like afraid to talk to people, which ended up making it even worse. And it's like this vicious cycle
1: that you get put into. Yeah, it it was definitely very lonely, but you know, I always think it, maybe if I had a positive reaction, from that one friend that I told, you know, what would have happened? And I know like, I'm still friends with that person today. And I know that now that answer would have been different. I know now you know Mm -hmm. but you know there's just things that you that you you remember right so would you say then that like a takeaway from there
2: is if you if you do have a friend who you think is is going through an abusive relationship obviously offering as much support as you can respecting their boundaries but also is there anything that you can do like like could you like offer like what your sister did like a therapist or
1: sneaky sneaky right yeah (laughs) yeah i i would offer that too i would just always still remain in touch my friend left a sexually abusive relationship and they were together four years and her and i would talk a lot about it throughout these years Um, but we kind of you know lost touch because you know post-secondary happened i was you know how busy theater school was we would only you know send texts here and there but i would always notice when her instagram like all the their pictures together would be Removed. So I'd always, you know, if it had been a while, I'd reach out and I'd say, Hey, you know, how's it going? Blah, blah, blah. Just checking in. And she would be like, She'd tell me her story. And I would listen. And she would say, He did this. And I said, You know, so proud that you were able to walk away. And then they'd get back together. So for me, it was just, staying there because you know that as long as that person knows that there's somebody else there they can walk away yeah. i just from my experience i was like i felt so alone that i didn't know what else to do so if i can provide any kind of like hey you're not crazy for thinking this way or hey what he's doing isn't right offering that kind of advice instead of saying you should dump him you should leave him i don't know why you keep going back to him You know, they're they're not going to open up to you again. So
2: more so providing your thoughts on the truths that you're seeing, not saying any you should statements. not saying what the person should do just say i'm noticing this and this is what i think but just
1: like my therapist you know just said oh you know i found that weird that you know i feel like he should have had this conversation with you before you know Mm -hmm. not saying hey he did this to you you know it's it's having them realize it on their own because as much as you try because i know people did for me why are you with him he's such a dick and it's true (laughs) it was like what the hell are you thinking Me looking back, yeah, what the fuck was I thinking? You know, it's kind of like, well, you know, everyone's mad at me. I'm just not going to say anything anymore, you know, but mm. it's kind of empowering them and instead of, you know, kind of tearing them down being like, well, you keep going back, you know, it's your fault, your fault, you know, it's like, no, it, it, you know, why don't you ever get mad at them saying, hey, why are you treating her like shit instead of, hey, why are you staying with the guy that's treating you like shit, you know? Yeah, I totally do.
2: And I feel like that is something that luckily is becoming more and more progressive nowadays and like victim shaming or blaming is like part of cancel culture. Thank God, because yeah, that stuff is disgusting. Like, what? Why are we looking at you in this scenario? It's not your fault whatsoever. Anything that happened to you, and it's yeah. I mean, it's like it brings back memories from like my high school experience of like dudes that sexually harassed me, and 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 I could have taken screenshots and brought that stuff to the principal, gotten them expelled or something. But like nobody did that back then. They just kind of got away with it, and that's just. I mean, thank God for the Me Too movement and Time's Up because that stuff just doesn't fly anymore. And thank God, you
1: know? I'm just thinking about how our theater school experience would have been different if that Me Too movement and the Time's Up movement happened while we were there. I'm just thinking, yeah. Honestly. So many people's experiences would have changed. it's very true,
2: yeah, so okay, and I, I know you've touched on this a little bit already. um, this guy had reached out to you the, the after two years you said two years after it you had finally broke it off, yeah, and then just like recently tried to slide yeah, into like three you. years
1: after that, yeah, applied you a friend request,, like, on- no, I'm not gonna let you follow my fake Instagram account. Are you crazy? <laughs> Oh, Why was it your you finsta requested? too?
2: Yeah, wasn't even... He- but so you've, you you kind of had a conversation with him back then. But I guess more in general, would you ever? Would there ever be a situation where you would have a sit down conversation with this person, or do you think that? Do you think that other assault survivors should try to sit down?
1: Is it, is it beneficial to, is it not, you know what I did it and then found out the hard way that it was not beneficial for me, mm-hmm. you know, except for the fact that I was finally able to say no, you know, I, I, I looked back at a situation cause you want to repeat that cycle after, you know, we, we met up and, you know, we talked, we hung out, we, we talked it all out. It was a very strange meeting because then I ended up having dinner with his family after anyways. Well, the whole time I was there, I was like, why am I doing this? Why am I, why have I made this, you know, okay. I'm still trying to please this person. You know, I'm still trying not to make this person mad at me. Mm. So then, you know, it comes back to a point where, you know, I, I, I experienced that and I felt that way. And then a couple months later when they tried to reach out again and I just said, no, you know, just seeing the anger when, you know, like, it's like, I haven't even, we haven't even been together in like years. We haven't talked in years and you're getting mad at me after admitting what you did to me. You're getting mad at me because I don't want to go down and see you. It's ludicrous. You're insane. It's It just, it didn't, it didn't help. And you know what? I looking back, you know, he he had a com- we had a conversation where he said, you know, I'm sorry, like I did I feel like I did this to you. I'm sorry that I did this to you. And I kind of like, well, thank you for apologizing. But you know it's- what? Like, thank you for actually admitting what you did. But I accept your apology. I don't forgive you. It's funny, it's
2: it's it's funny. It's interesting you say that because even and I won't I won't get into my story too much, but they uh, I also have uh, been through sexual assault, not in any way, shape or form, as long as you have. And it was a guy from Winnipeg who came to visit me in Toronto. Yeah, it's one of those moments where you're just like, I have thought about this, like thought about like reaching out and like like, trying to have a conversation with this person. And I'm like, what? Like what? I don't even like, why does that? How would that even benefit me in any way? You know, you're giving this person a chance to, what, absolve themselves from the guilt. Mm. It's almost like, you know what? No, I would rather you know that I know you sexually assaulted me and I get to hold that in my hand for the rest of my life so when you ever go to try and become something of yourself, I can put it all over the internet, motherfucker. Like, like, it's like, I I just don't, I, but that, I mean, maybe I'm being petty, but that's not my, I don't know. I've never seen the value of meeting up with a person and like letting them be like, I'm sorry, you forgive me. It's like, no, like, don't be a fucking shitty person. Like, it's not hard to do,
1: you know? And what I found that I learned from this is that it was just so easy to just get, you know? kick them back out. And it's so like how removed I am from that situation is like incredible. Just like the time I took to really just heal and focus on me and find out what I like and find out what I will tolerate and what I
0: won't put up with. Tori, for me, I have one last question. And before I get into it, I'm going to reiterate what you said about how can someone support someone in terms of respecting their boundaries of when that person chooses to share what they want to share. So when they want to share it, what they want to share, how they want to share it to provide that space for them so that they can share that experience, that that support system, but then also to allow them to realize what they're experiencing. Now, if we look at the opposite of all that, what shouldn't someone ask another person who is experiencing abuse or an assault like how how shouldn't someone approach a conversation with a person who's experienced abuse and assault
1: anger why'd you go back you just know he's gonna do this again well i told you not to go back of course this happened again you keep going back or for those other people who don't believe you you know oh but you were dating are you sure you know you just didn't you know regret it and now that's why you're saying you didn't
2: want it or the people that like you said earlier don't want to get involved like oh my god I'm so sorry that happened to you but you know what like uh I'm still gonna keep following him on Instagram it's like what yeah get involved if you're a friend for someone I mean I'm hoping you would be loyal enough to say wow he sexually assaulted you yeah I'm gonna unfollow him on everything that's a piece of shit human being like
1: what just because you work together in the industry that really yeah that's something you remember (laughs)
0: I feel like some questions that come to mind that you shouldn't ask someone is like, what were you wearing? Were you drinking? Oh, um, yeah. Wh- wh- why did you continue That's, to see them matter. after they assaulted you? You know, did it hurt? Why didn't you report it right away? Like things like that, I find don't help at all.
1: Yeah, the whole why didn't you report it? Yeah. You know, because especially for my situation, you know, he was my boyfriend. Now you're like, Actually, the know. first time him and I when he took when he no when he stole my virginity we actually weren't dating oh wow I didn't know that yeah but to help deal with it I got into a relationship because so it's like oh he liked me so much that's why. wow ridiculous it, yeah
2: so was that like was that you two sort of saying okay let's do this did he ask you to be his girlfriend did you ask him to be your boyfriend like was it like a please can we be together or I'm or I don't even know what I just did with you sort of thing?
1: How did that go down? I I think it was all leading up to a relationship. Anyways, I just didn't think it was normal because you know especially how I didn't want to have sex until marriage. For me, it's it's like yeah, you know, of course I'm not going to have sex before even being in a relationship. So th- that conversation was already happening. But I think the reason I ended up saying yes is because that happened. Yeah, okay, I have one final question for you, Tori. What
2: advice would you give to someone who is currently stuck in an abusive relationship?
1: Oh, that's so hard. I just want to let them know that there are other ways to deal with their pain. There is a way to help manage what has been done to you there's a way if you want you can feel better and i believe that every human inside of them that there is something in them that says enough is enough and that you will leave like for my cousin in an abusive marriage and it wasn't until she found the love for her daughter to say "Yeah, i'm gonna leave because i love my daughter so much this isn't okay i would suggest having them just hang out with other people start something so simple just hanging out with other people get yourself out of this environment, even if it's just for an hour, go have coffee with someone, get another perspective, have somebody else in your life, talk to you. And you'll, you'll kind of be able to notice, yeah, well, this friend treats me this way. If someone can treat me this way, you know, shouldn't my boyfriend or someone that my girlfriend or my husband or my wife, shouldn't they be treating me? Shouldn't they be treating me better than my friend treats me?
2: That's powerful advice. Yeah. To anyone listening who is maybe in this situation. Like Tori said, you can feel better if you want to.
0: There's a light at the end of the tunnel. And I think it's really important to be patient with yourself because it's a process. Instant forgiveness.
2: (laughs) Hashtag pipidombo.
0: So Tori, we're going to segue to the game portion of our episode (gasps) that we do every time. And this time, however, we're going to go back to a game that we haven't done in a while. It's called Three Green Flags and Three Red Flags. (gasps) I know that game. (laughs) (laughs) Well, good. (laughs) So I don't have to explain it too much. Um, So from everything that we've learned so far, which has been sincerely incredible and powerful, Tori, like I mean it from the bottom of my heart, like I've learned so much from this conversation Mm -hmm. today, from everything that you've shared and you, and, and, and all the wisdom and experience that you've compiled and knowledge over the years, what are the three green flags and what are the three red flags on what to do and what not to do in terms of how to specifically cope with being assaulted?
1: Green flags first. Sure. You have to get out what has happened to you, whether it's talking to someone, whether it's listening to music about it to help you get through it, whether it's writing about it, you have to, you can't keep what happened to you, to yourself, because that's how you're going to get support. You have to talk. You have to speak out because the right people will find you, you know? Another one I would say is after experiencing an abusive relationship, you really have to take time for yourself. That for me, that was where I learned self-forgiveness. That was when I learned to depend on no one but myself, That's where I learned to, you know, I I found my power again, just because my first sexual relationship was when I was raped, right? So you kind of have to just take a step back to figure out who am I going to have access to my body? You know, why have I let people that have treated me horribly or who haven't lived up to any of my expectations for myself? Why do I give them so much access to me? Why do I give them a part of my body that can affect me so drastically, just because of who I am as a person. And the last thing I would recommend is take your time with every new person you meet after. Mm -hmm. If you want to, if you're looking into getting sexual with them, Mm -hmm. just, you know, for the type of person I am who can get attached and who can get hurt very easily. And after having this experience happen to me, I have to really be mindful of my partners to be like, are they going to respect a sudden change in how I'm feeling when it comes to anything about a relationship, anything that, you know, just because this happened to me, I have baggage, but I don't have baggage. You know, You, you really have to have someone kind of understand where you are coming from especially if you're going to take it to the bedroom, just move slowly until, you know, you're healed and you can go as slow as you want. You can go as fast as you want. I've had my, you know, couple of not one night stands, but I would say, you know, friends <laughs> with benefits, but you you have to just do what you can to take your power back because if you're not going to have, you, you, you need that if you're going to move on with a new relationship, because you're going to have to learn how to stick up for yourself and you're going to have to learn to advocate for yourself and you're going to have to learn how to do it respectfully so that your partner is also feeling heard and that your partner also understands. You know, you got to communicate, you got to speak about your actions. You have to speak about your experiences with someone that is going to create that safe space for you because you've already created that safe space for yourself. So you're coming in saying like, this is how I treat myself. Are you going to treat me this way too? Because of what has happened to me,
0: I need to be treated this way. And what are your three red flags? If they are a Taurus.
1: No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) No, if they're a Scorpio, that would be it. No. <laughs> I can't say anything. My Venus is in Scorpio. Ugh. Red flags would be really watch the way they react whenever you say no. Whenever okay. you say no, if they get frustrated, nah. if they, if they guilt you, nah. all, you know, normal things.
0: I have a question. So, Sorry. So in terms of the red flags, in terms of what not to do, um, like not to give in to someone else's frustration and anger in terms of how to cope with being assaulted, is that what you're trying to
1: say? That Yeah. Yes, that's what I'm trying to say. I just, when it it comes to sex at all, if there's any anger that is around it, step away. Okay. Another red flag would be someone who, you know, tries to isolate you from your friends. Oh, don't talk to them about our relationship. They don't know what's going on. Oh, they're only saying this because they don't like me. You know, they don't like me. You know, your friends love you. They want the best for you. And your family, like, Mm -hmm. come on, your mom and dad, if they know, they know. And they're gonna tell you. That was another thing, you know. You got to talk to your parents.
2: Your parents were telling you stuff.
1: Oh yeah, (laughs) Mm. yeah. You know, there was a time that you know my the relationship with my father was very strained because he didn't know how to help me, and it just kept hurting him to see what was happening to me. And I would say another red flag would be, you know, just even like if they're a fuck boy or if they're not, they're only talking to you if you're having sex with them.
0: Very good one.
2: Wow. I mean, great advice on, on, on both sides, the reds and the greens. Thank you again, Tori, for coming on the show. This has been having me. No problem. This has been like, well, definitely the deepest discussion we've had and as Vitan said earlier, like I I know I have I, and Vitan has as well. We've both learned just so much. Probably also the episode where we've talked the least. So that's kind oh of refreshing. <laughs> oh, yeah, good on <laughs> that's us. what
1: everyone says to me at work as well. They're like, Tori, do you have a question? We know because all you do is ask questions and talk. And I go, yeah, I have a question. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I do. (laughs) So to
2: all of our listeners and followers out there, uh, you guys can follow Tori on Instagram. Her Instagram is at Tor, T-O-R, Stuart, S-T-E-W-A-R-T, at Tor, Stuart on Instagram. Please follow her. She is so cute, so amazing. And she'll be a great addition to your your Instagram time.
1: (laughs) Great addition to your feed. Yeah.
2: and And is there anything you want to plug before we finish up here, Tori?
1: If you are in a relationship and you think to yourself, "Oh, you know, my relationship is so special and so different, no one understands it because it's so special and it's so different. No one understands it because it's not special and it is different because there is something wrong.
0: I also want to thank you. I'm seriously like I am humbled by all the advice and knowledge and wisdom that you just imparted to us, like seriously in terms of how to help other people who are going through this, to understand other people who are going through this. I didn't want to tear up during this episode because I'm I'm, I'm, I'm processing my emotions afterwards. And, but I want to thank you for being here. And I also want to thank all our listeners and followers out there for following us and listening to us and just being a part of this podcast journey, because honestly, we do it for you, our audience. Mm
2: -hmm. And one more thing, thank you for being, I think kind of goes without saying, but I'm gonna say it anyway. Thank you for being strong enough to share your story with us this is thank you something that's not easy to do as you said we heard from you like you could barely speak and talk about it at all and the fact that you're coming on a public podcast to talk about your experience like that is huge so i mean congrats to you having that power to do that and and yeah thank you again thank you for your courage thank you
0: thank
1: you you. Nice. thank you for the safe space oh You're
0: welcome. Anytime, anytime Tori. And with that, I think that's a wrap. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Bye. Bye.